What's up, everybody? Welcome to the ninth episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360, with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on this show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly at Ryan Turford. On this week's episode, we travel to Rome with our friend Ezio Aldatore de Firenze in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, released on November 16th, 2010. The series' third entry kicked off yearly releases that we've come to know and expect from the Assassin's Creed series today. While many, myself included, thought it might be too soon after Assassin's Creed 2, the development team brought in some amazing new gameplay elements that really made Assassin's Creed Brotherhood stand out from the crowd. The Assassin's Creed franchise started out during the 360 generation and went on to become one of gaming's biggest franchises. While we won't be doing a franchise deep dive on this episode, we'll be doing one on a, in a future episode of The Roundabout the next time we talk about an Assassin's Creed game because obviously it's one of the biggest franchises on 360 and really one that that really birthed from the, the 360 generation. Um, so it is a really important franchise in, in retrospect of the, the 360. So we'll be doing more of a deep dive because yes, obviously there's another Assassin's Creed game on this list. Let's not kill ourselves, but I won't spoil what that is or if there's more than one. Who knows? It could be more than one. We'll see. The story of Brotherhood takes place pretty much where Assassin's Creed 2 leaves off. Desmond and his crew escape to the ruins of Villa Aldatore after they were attacked by the Templars as they pursue the Apple of Eden in order to stop an impending disaster. When taking control of Ezio in the Animus, you are trying to rebuild the Assassin's Order in Rome after losing the Apple of Eden to the Templars. It's a really interesting story that doesn't necessarily hit the highs of Assassin's Creed 2, but it's still one of the franchise's best stories and has some really big standout moments that'll have you thinking long after the credits roll. Um, I know there's a couple moments in particular that that really got me when I played this for the first time, so uh, definitely the, the story sticks with you in, in this game in particular. It was also refreshing to be able to connect more with Desmond as a character this time around because you could really leave the Animus anytime you wanted to, which was really the first time in the series that they allowed you to do that, which again, I think just added so much more to his character and really tried to invest you in the, the modern day setting with Assassin's Creed because I know some of the earlier installments, or at least the first two, um, you kind of were going there uh, in between missions and you didn't feel as connected to that world as, as the past. As Ezio rebuilds the Assassin's Order, this leads us to one of the game's new features, the Assassin Management System, which allowed you to recruit Assassin recruits. You can use the Assassins to go on missions or help you out by initiating commands. Basically, you have some bars under your health and that indicates how many uses uh, you have and you can basically have uh, them come out and attack an enemy for you, which was really cool. The feature added a lot of extra depth to the gameplay, and when it, while it did return in Revelations, it hasn't really returned in any future installments, and it kind of gives Brotherhood a, a unique feel to it. I mean, it's called Assassin's Creed Brotherhood because it's a brotherhood of assassins, and you're trying to build a brotherhood of assassins. It just, it all connects together. It makes a lot of sense. One other really big standout feature for Brotherhood is a feature that many people playing today won't be able to experience, and that's the game's multiplayer. While the servers aren't completely shut off, the online community is pretty much dead for this game, 
But if you have some friends with the game, you can still connect and play together. In fact, um, you can most of the modes are for smaller groups of players. Um, so if you have a group of, say, six friends, yes, it's not local multiplayer or co-op. But if you've got six friends who have the game, uh, you should definitely try it out that way. The multiplayer suite was developed separately from the main game by Ubisoft Annecy, who at the time were best known for the Splinter Cell multiplayer suites, as well as being known today for their work in games like The Division and Ghost Recon Wildlands. In the multiplayer, you play as Templars who are in training at Abstergo while using the Animus to hone their skills and learn to hunt assassins. There are eight different game modes in total, each with their own objectives and with their own unique look and feel to them. My personal favorite mode is Wanted, which was a free-for-all between six different players, as each person is given a target to assassinate, all while trying to evade the player who is assigned to assassinate them. And you basically have to assassinate your target without being seen by the other person. It was really cool how they blended that all together. It really felt like a natural extension of the campaign's gameplay, mixing stealth and knowledge of the level's layout to take out your target unseen, and it really felt unique from other multiplayer games, especially compared to today's video games. Because really, now that I think about it, we really don't have too many other multiplayer games that are kind of like this. Uh, it's, it was a super unique experience, and we did get the multiplayer over a couple of Assassin's Creed games, um, but really when this generation started, I think I think uh, Black Flag might have been the last one, or Assassin's Creed 3, but uh, definitely Unity was the first to have like uh, co-op, but really we haven't seen multiplayer any multiplayer in the game uh, since Unity at all. Obviously, again, if you have a whole bunch of friends with Brotherhood and you've never checked out the multiplayer, I highly recommend getting them together and trying it out because it's one of those experiences similar like uh, Spies versus Burks that you can't really get anywhere else, um, and I highly encourage you all to check that out. So how does Assassin's Creed Brotherhood hold up today? Well, the story elements work just as well as they did upon the first release. Admittedly, the combat and movement systems are starting to show a bit of their age. When compared to the other movement mechanics and improvement we saw in combat in games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Syndicate, combat with multiple enemies can feel clunky in comparison, and also the movements feel like a, a little bit rigid. Uh, and here's the thing. I've famously been on record uh, on other podcasts uh, when reflecting on Assassin's Creed as a series um, by stating simply that I love the, the story and the concept of Assassin's Creed. I love the way that it focuses on history so much, but I've never really been a fan of the way the older Assassin's Creed games played. Again, the combat just feels like a, like just always constantly waiting for your opponent to make the first move and then countering that. Like it, it felt strategic, but at the same time, not as fun as as more of a strategic game would be to me. Um, and likewise, uh, running around the open environment, I really felt like your character kind of just sticks to everything in in not a very smart way. Um, and again, the movement tech just got so much better with later Assassin's Creed games. Again, uh, I remember playing Syndicate for the first time and being absolutely be blown away by the way that your character moves in that game, when in comparison to some of the older games, even something like Unity, I think really nailed it this really well as well. As much flack as that game gets, I think that's one of the things that Unity actually got really well is the way your character moves. And uh, I do think that if I would have made this list maybe like five or ten years ago, I might have put Assassin's Creed Brotherhood maybe higher on the list 
if if this was on the list, but definitely over time and in hindsight compared to other Assassin's Creed games, uh, definitely my enjoyment has gone down. But that's not to say that this game isn't revisiting for sure. I do think the mission structure and pacing do really hold up. And I think it's because of this that Brotherhood is certainly worth revisiting. And it's still one of my favorite older Assassin's Creed titles. I mean, I really love this game in spite of the way that it, it controls and all of the stuff that I just said. Um, and I do highly encourage people to play it if you've never checked out Brotherhood before. If you're looking to pick up Assassin's Creed Brotherhood today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360, and it's also backwards compatible on Xbox One. There, it's also included in Assassin's Creed the Ezio Collection, which was released back in 2016. It's a serviceable port with few upgrades. In fact, that collection includes Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations, as well as all of the DLC that, that came out for all three games, uh, but none of the multiplayer stuff. So if you wanted to try out the multiplayer stuff, you're definitely going to need a physical copy or a digital copy of the original game for sure. If you want to pick up uh, a cheap physical copy of Brotherhood or the Ezio collection, that's probably the way I would recommend going with this, uh, just because some of the online versions of both can be pretty expensive. I know that as of this recording in Canadian dollars, uh, if you want to pick up Brotherhood digitally for 360, it's $29.99, and then the Ezio collection is $49.99, versus the, the physical copies I think are much cheaper for this. So I think that's probably the best way to go about this. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You can also find the pants man himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, and us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye.